1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. It's been a while, but we're back with another episode of the Steelers one-on-one. That's the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast where I talk to someone else, normally someone viewed as an expert on the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's about news that broke or whether it's about an upcoming matchup. We're going to talk about both with my guest, having him back again, Christopher Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Chris, how are you, my friend? Doing
0: great. Doing great. Thanks for having me back on the show. No
1: problem. Now, if you don't know, Sports.com is a very good website. I highly recommend you check it out. It is a tiny website, but it's not ridiculous. They have some really good uh, specials and features going on that you can try out. I'm sure Chris will explain that later in the show. But Chris does have access to the Steelers. He uh, has access to interviewing players and things of that nature. He's been at training camp. And so I do want to talk about training camp first before we talk about the upcoming preseason game with the Eagles. I'm, I'm really... Speaking for the fan base, because a lot of people that read behind the steel curtain, they, they ask the same questions about the same players every single day. And it's because the reports that you hear, especially one in particular, the reports that you hear from training camp are sometimes very vague. And I yeah. get it. Not all these players are seeing first team reps. They're seeing reps with third and fourth strings. And so sometimes they're not getting reps at all. So we understand that. But the first person is the team's number one draft pick, Terrell Edmonds, safety from Virginia Tech. Um, He's been getting rave reviews. My question for you, Chris, because you're a straight shooter, is Is he living up to the hype or is this nothing kind of but hype?
0: Right now I think he's surpassing the hype because a big, the big thing on Evans was that he could play in the box and be a linebacker type of safety but then also cover well. But really he's looked proficient in coverage, not just a decent cover man that can also stop the run. He's intercepted Ben Roethlisberger multiple times in training camp and, and on good jumps, too, not on, not on luck occasions when the ball tipped or anything. He's running really well. He's reading his, his gaps well when he's playing against the run, um, and they've moved him all across that field. He's played deep. He's played in the box. He's played out in the spot. Uh, I think right now he's adjusting very well, and he's, t- he's really taking on the level of competition because he knows he's going up against Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Schmidt schuster and even another uh, fellow rookie, James Washington. These guys have really strong reputations. He's, and he's welcoming the challenge. And So far, he's really fit in because he's taking it on. He's uh, he's learning quickly. And even when he makes mistakes, he's like, oh, they got me. And he's, he's, he's getting right back in. He's not letting those mistakes get him down. And I'll tell you what, he's also – it seems like he's really latching on to the idea of being that. Uh, trying to get his Steeler fan base up because uh, there was one day in particular, uh, myself and Dale Lolly were walking to the cafeteria up the hill where everyone lines up to, to get autographs and stuff at camp after practice is over. He's at the bottom of the hill. When we go up, when we go up, we go in, we walk all the way to their cafeteria, we get dinner. We come back. There are still four people at this hill and he is signing their autographs and that was maybe an hour or more later. This guy, like he's doing a lot of dedication, both kind of b- building his fan base and you know, in PR sense, but also on the field and playing well. I think right now, so far in training camp, he is getting a, a, a getting high marks from the Steelers,
1: and that's really good news. And I hope fans kind of view this as uh, maybe just maybe we as fans should trust the Steelers. when the, <laughs> the pick, pay- I lot. mean, seriously, when the pick was made all hell broke loose. And I honestly didn't know anything about him. I knew his brother, just like everyone else that follows the the draft. And no one really was like, "What what is this guy going to bring to the table? Well, what it turns out is he's bringing a very complete player. Now, will that translate? We'll find out. Um, I've, I even had someone on the website the other day say, can he cover Brock? Well, let's pump the brakes a little bit here, okay? He still has a rookie, still has a lot to learn, and Rob Gronkowski is a future Hall of Famer. So let's for those expectations, just a tad. So let's go to the next player. This is the player that I want to hear your take on, and that is quarterback Mason Rudolph. I have been literally trying to find stuff on Mason Rudolph, and in the past few days, there has been more written about him as he's spoken to the media and as he's taken more repetitions. But we heard it was rough this start We already he had a rough go of it, and that. Ball protection was an issue. There was a play that was diagrammed uh, in writing where he was rolling to his right, left to throw, and he dropped the ball. It sounded very reminiscent of his start to minicamp, mandatory minicamp, or OTAs when the veterans showed up. He just wasn't – it seemed like he was nervous, and it seems like he'd settled down a little bit. What's your take on Mason Rudolph as a quarterback?
0: I think Rudolph is doing a, a very good job in taking everything one step at a time. I was there for his first day in pads and he looked rough, you know, just as you were alluding to, he, he came out. And it seems like right now he's just trying to figure out where he fits. Something that people said was they questioned his arm strength all through his college career. I'm not sure that his arm is lacking anything. I think what he does is he tries to, I think he's, he's scared to overthrow it sometimes. So he's often trying to put more touch on the ball to, to get it in up. only time will tell us see how that holds up in the future. But I'm telling you, Jeff, as I've seen him progress from the first weekend of camp and then to last weekend and the weekend, you know, you're, I'm seeing this guy make more, process more reads, look more comfortable, taking what's there for him. At first, really, he was only completing passes to James Washington, which was kind of funny to watch because you're like, well, he's missing this guy wide, but he's able to hit Washington on his corner route 20 yards down the field. But now he's, find, he's finding guys like Trey Griffey. Um, he's finding, he's finding other guys that are rolling, rolling out there. Um, and, uh, it's been a real big uptick for him. Uh, he did really well in the two minute drill that the, uh, that Mike Tomlin always likes to run. They did a two minute drill. and He threw a, tu- he threw a touchdown pass. Um, and he, he's, he's really finding his people and again, taking what's are with him. Uh, he's even developing a good connection I think with James Connor in the receiving game, at least in training camp. But as we all know, going to depend on what happens when he starts playing other teams and people are actually going to start hitting him so that's going to change things but so far I really like what he's coming coming with as a young quarterback I like his tools just got to see how the pressure of a live game impacts him
1: yeah and it's as Mike Tomlin said during his press conference no one's trying to hit him now on Thursday people are going to be trying to hit him and so it'll be interesting to see how he handles that I do I am curious as to how they play him and how they play Joshua Dobbs and when they play him because I have a feeling that Mason Rudolph is going to see the tail end of that totem pole, so to speak. And because of that, he's going to be playing against, well, with third and fourth stringers for the Steelers, and yeah. he's going against third and fourth stringers. So I if you think back to all the backups that they've had for Ben Roethlisberger, the preseason, the fourth quarter is dreadful. Um, because they don't walk well, uh, they don't run the right routes. Uh, it's just ugly. And so I think a lot of – I hope fans don't paint a negative picture of Mason Rudolph if he doesn't do well, because he's not really playing with the best teammates. And so it'll be interesting to see how the, this preseason goes, and we'll talk about the upcoming game against the Eagles in a second, with Joshua Dobbs and Mason Rudolph and Landry Jones even, how much they use them – when they use them i would expect mike tomlin to give mason rudolph an adequate chance with the second string um as he does with Joshua Thups, just to get a look see what it looks like so good news though for mason rudolph fans that think this guy might be the future that he is improving so that's a good report there thank you chris and then, hey you're an offensive guy you're an offensive lineman you're a lineman you love that that all that stuff that happens down in the trenches that's not really my t but <laughs> One of the uh, big issues on the Steelers right now is their offensive tackle depth. Uh, when Gerald Hawkins went down with his torn quadricep, man, uh, Chucks Okorafor Ch- was not supposed to be a swing tackle his rookie season. Yet, here we are talking about Chucks Okorafor possibly being that swing tackle uh, in this year. You know the positions very well because you've played it and you watch a lot of film. How has he done acclimating himself from Western Michigan and i read a report saying that if he went to Alabama, he'd have been a first-round draft pick because of his size and his potential. What do you see from him? Is he good enough to be that swing tackle, or are the Steelers going to be looking for a veteran tackle in the free agent market?
0: When I looked at a course tape on tape uh, in, in college, one thing that I noted, I was like, he, okay, he looks like he has the, the, some fundamentals down. He definitely has the size, and he definitely has the athleticism. But he didn't have the nasty. And, and, and what I mean by the nasty, I mean the, the – not just get to your job, get to your spot and do your job, which is what some people – I think it's a factor that a lot of linemen eventually go through. A lot of linemen think, okay, I have to block this guy or this gap, but when I – you know, but they, when, they, when they get to there, they don't realize they have to dominate that person. That's, it's not, and that's what I saw a lot of a core for, that he wasn't going out and he wasn't bullying people. He would get to his spot and try to manage people. But I got to tell you, Jeff, in camp, uh, if, you know, everyone, everyone probably remembers the report when he got into a scrap with Anthony Ciccolo. Has not been over, he has not been a guy to shy away from, uh, from being physical and extra physical. I think Mike Munchak is really working with him. And uh, right now, I'd say that he's doing a little bit better than what I think anyone would have expected from him, um, which is also a huge boost for him and the team because the team was expecting Hawkins. Um, out of LSU to finally show up, and he got hurt this year. Um, I also think that the lack, of, uh, the lack of progress in Hawkins is the reason they signed Bill and the Wave, to such a big contract um, before, the end of, before the start of last season because they realize they don't got uh, a guy that they can trust in Hawkins, um, and now a core for, I think, you know, it's, all, it's full team ahead for him. I still think uh, Matt Filer is going to be a big guy in the mix that he's going to have to, that's gonna get to put, play guard and tackle for this team. But as far as a start, a core force looking solid. Where I, with, if I'm gonna, if you, if you're gonna ask me for what to look for in this Eagles game, I want to see how this guy engages with very young defensive ends out there because they got Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat, um, two guys that I really liked coming up the draft. I, I loved Derek Barnett in last draft. I thought he was the best edge rusher, not named Miles Garrett, and uh, the Eagles got him. Uh, he, for those who don't know, Derek Barnett was the guy that broke Reggie White's record at Tennessee. Um, for sacks in his, in, in, for a career. Uh, Josh Sweat is the guy from Florida State, um, really good athlete, just questions about his knees, but he'll be on a rotational basis with the Eagles. Those are two really athletic guys, and if he gets matched up with them, that's a huge test to see where a core four is and going up against talent. Um, so just uh, if you're looking for it, see how he engages with them, how physical he is, and how well he's able to force them around the edge and buy his quarterback more time.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. I, I think that the Steelers' offensive line depth is a concern across the board because if you think about Ramon Foster's out, BJ Finney's filling in, but BJ Finney's also the backup center. Yeah. And so, if something were to happen to Pouncy, like it did the other day in, in training camp, although Pouncy was reportedly fine, mm-hmm. Finney slides to center, Philo goes to left guard, and now all of a sudden you're stuck with one reserve tackle. That's an issue, uh, and that's something they're going to have to figure out. But the, I'm sure that they'll do their due diligence with the potential free agents and things of that nature. Now, that's it for the rookies, but I have two players that I want to get your opinion on and it's yeah. to round out our training camp report. No one's talking about this guy more than I feel like on the Steelers, our, our behind-the-steel-curtain comment section. That is Bud Dupree. Mm-hmm. Everyone has expected so much from this guy since he was drafted in 2015. Never has panned out the way people hoped. Except you always hear, and we heard it a little bit last year. Boy, he's fast. He's playing better. They switch sides. He's on the right side now. Same reports. Playing fast. Looking good. Showing better technique. What did you see from Bud Dupree so far in training? And even though he does have a concussion now, won't be
2: playing on Thursday night. Hey, sports fans! Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
0: I see a lot more savvy out of the guy. There's several times that he goes up against people, especially on those back-on-backers drills, where uh, uh, you know a guy would approach him and he would just be able to swim or spin out of their way, and he was looking really good in how he would beat people and get to the quarterback. He was employing different moves, and that's something that I didn't see enough out of Bud Dupree was really – how he executed those moves because he's really good at working with space. When he was on the other side, he was he was really good at, at if he was if Stephon to it to give him about a three yard cushion of space to work between the the guard and the tackle. Bud Dupree could figure out a move that could w- w- run his way around the tackle and get him a shot at the quarterback. But he needs to do better with how he engages the, the tackles so that he can sort of clamp down in those spaces and you know use his use more hand moves. To work his way around, maintain edges, hold gaps, and and all those types of things. I think that Buzz Dupree is definitely a little bit more savvy this season, and he I think he realizes the Steelers didn't give him an extension yet. He knows that this is this is a a big year for him. He needs to come up huge. I I think he needs to at least get around seven or eight sacks this year to show that he should be kept around. Um, and if he does that, I think it's going to mean a lot to the team, but also. Be on the lookout for Bud Dupree to be in coverage a lot and to co- be covering underneath in the flats because uh, the Steelers are going to be using a lot of packages where uh, Watt and Dupree, just like last year, are going to be dropping into coverage. They're going to try and fake people out. Keith Butler does not want people to know where he's blitzing from. And uh, though Dupree's going to be rushing a good bit, I think he's also going to be lining up on and covering some tight ends and some running backs out in short distance. So uh, So far, so good on Bud Dupree. But you know, again, got to see how that works out. I'm really excited to see how Watt does next to Stephon next to to it because he's more naturally a rusher from the from the left edge. And, uh, and if people forget, that's where he got his sack against the Ravens. They the Steelers flipped him to that side at the end of the game, and he I mean, he brushed by the the right tackle there. So uh, Dupree, I think he's also going to benefit from this. And uh, from what I've seen in camp, he's looking like he he will. But once again, you know, Bud Dupree, over the past few years, people have expected this rise to come, and it hasn't. So one of those things, going to wait until – I want to see how he starts doing when they start lining up with those AFC North opponents that have seen him a few times now.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially with T.J. Watt on the other side. And you brought up a great point with T.J. Watt playing that left side in college. He's more comfortable there. I actually predicted Dupree to have a very... If he can stay healthy and if Cameron Hayward can stay healthy, he's going to be that anchor on that right side. That's key. I could see him having close to double-digit sacks. But like you said, they're going to ask him to drop into coverage. That's how Mike Hilton ends up with four sacks, because when they all line up in the line of scrimmage, no one knows who's coming, and next thing you know, that little sneaky Mike Hilton goes right in the backfield and gets a sack, and Dupree's doing his job. It's not his fault that the defensive scheme is for him to cover in the flat. So uh, that's a good report. I'm glad to hear that he is, That from what I from what I gathered from what you said, is that his moves are starting to mature. He's getting more comfortable. It needs to translate to the field, though. That's for sure. The last player. This is a secondary. Because I'm intrigued by the Steelers secondary. I really am. It's gone from a weakness to almost a strength uh, of the team. When you look from top to bottom, you're talking Artie Burns. You're talking Joe Hayden. You talk about the safeties with Sean Davis, who has a ton of experience. Morgan Burnett. Um, Mike Hilton had a tremendous 2017, doesn't look like he's going to have a drop-off in 2018. But Cameron Sutton is a player that is very versatile, can play inside, in the slot, can cover, cover the outside in case of injury or if he's out playing, already burns. And there's even talk of him playing deep, or it's the safety position. I'm not sure if that's happened at training camp this year or not. But What's your take on Sutton as a player and his progression in his sophomore season?
0: Sutton has been one of my favorite guys to talk to since he arrived last year. I talked to him in the preseason of last year, during the season last year, and, I've, and I you know, I've, I've actually haven't spoke to him yet in training camp, but I, I am going to very soon um, because I, I really like the way this guy plays. He's a very smart individual. He played every uh, defensive back position in college. And uh, but people, people need to remember, William Gay was often the guy the Steelers just placed wherever they could For for years, he was just, you know, they put him, you know, in the slot and, you know, backed off as like the nickel or the dime back or for a little bit, he was the outside guy. He was outside the numbers guy. Cam Sutton is that guy, except he's faster. And I think he's a little bit more physical than what William Gay is. Um, And I think that with the way that he's already been used to that, that's working. And yes, he has played a little bit of free safety. But I'll say this, Mike Hilton's also played free safety. The Steelers' defense is, is going to come with a very ambitious look because they're going to be moving Sutton, Hilton, um, Terrell Edmonds, Morgan Burnett, and Sean Davis all over the field. And I, I get the, the, the basic idea of it is that when they bring out a package that has all those guys in it, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna want people to – not know where this base is coming. Like when the Patriots come out and they come out with two running backs and three wide receivers, you might think, Oh, let's just use an extra cornerback and we'll be fine. No. Now we have three safeties and three cornerbacks we can, and we're comfortable that that can stop the run as well as cover the pass and have guys that can cover those quick and fast running backs when they're moving about space. And Cam Sutton is right along with those type of guys. He's smart. He's quick. He knows how to tackle He's very good with his hands, uh, has very good fundamentals. I've I've covered this on DK Pittsburgh Sports a lot uh, in how he was playing against people like A.J. Green and Brandon Cooks and Mike Wallace in the second half of the Steelers season. Be on the lookout for how good Cam Sutton can be. Um, I just don't know if he'll get his number called a lot in big situations because there's only 11 players on the the field. Um, But he's definitely going to be a part of this defense, and I think that uh, if he continues to perform, he'll eventually be a guy as they consider as a starter when Joe Hayden starts to move out.
1: Well, and, and you mentioned it, though. If he's taking William Gay's role, William Gay played a lot in the last yeah. two years. Yeah. Um, they do run a lot of of nickel, dime, and those different sub-packages. And now you're talking about the dollar bill with seven defensive backs on the football field, which is a possibility. Um I think he'll see a lot of time. And like you said, I think that he could be a very good impact player, but he's another versatile player. Um, and, again, let's go all the way back to the, when we started this discussion and I said of Terrell Edmonds' pick. Maybe, just maybe, the Steelers know what they're doing. And so here we have a similar situation. Now, the proof is in the pudding, and they're going to have to do it on the football field. The, Keith Butler's going to have to you know, really make sure his the communication's there. But maybe, just maybe, The Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, six Super Bowls, and they know what they're doing. Maybe they do. I mean, it's a shocker. I swear some fans forget that. But nonetheless, let's move, let's shift gears now to tomorrow night's game. If you're recording this on Wednesday night, we're talking Thursday night's week one preseason game at Philadelphia playing the Super Bowl champion, defending Super Bowl champion Eagles. Uh, for those that need to be reminded, the Steelers have not won a game in Philly since 1966. Not that this game means a thing, but I do want to say, or I want to ask you, Chris, you already talked about Chuck Sikorafor, that you're, looking to, you're really looking forward to seeing what he does on the field. Just give me a handful of guys. It doesn't have to be offense or defense or whatever. Give me a couple players for the listeners out there or our viewers on YouTube. Who are you really looking forward to watching? Because some people cannot stand Week One. We know there's no Ben Roethlisberger, no Antonio Brown, Dupree, Watt. Uh, don't expect Pouncey to play much. Uh, Foster's out with injury. There's a lot of people out. Vance McDonald. What are you looking to see for the Steelers on Thursday night?
0: I'm hoping to get a key matchup between a guy that we have that was in the NFL last year and we didn't get to see a lot of, and that's Sidney Jones, the Eagles cornerback, and how he lines up with James Washington. Cindy Jones has been highly touted and hot touted. In the, I've, heard a, I've read about a lot of Eagles people talking that he is the X factor for this Eagles defense in 2018. And I'm telling you right now, the things I've seen from James Washington, he's lining up to have a great rookie season for the Steelers. And if anyone underestimates him, I think he's going to make them pay when Ben Roethlisberger is the starting quarterback in the regular season and throwing him the football. Um, this guy, he reaches behind him and make catches. He would jump balls. Uh, he, he's a hands catcher. Um, I think that, and I think right now he is he's more physical than people give him credit for. And if you try to bring him down in open space with with a soft hit or or with an arm tackle, he's gonna make you miss or run right through you and and really hurt you. I think that he's gonna get some good tests with the guys that the Eagles have in the secondary, um, especially because they're probably gonna want to see Sidney Jones a bit um, getting getting his reps with the team because he didn't play, uh, you know, pretty much if at all last year until maybe like the the end of the season for the team. Um, But I want to see that matchup because those are two prime athletes. And if James Washington can be an elite threat and scare people, because a lot of people have said, oh, well the Steelers don't have Martavis Bryant. That was their major deep threat and teams had to honor that. Uh, Well, if they have Juju, you know, AB and Washington, all three are threats at any point of the field. I think that kind of negates that, that argument because now they're going to have three different ways to beat you with receivers that can catch at any point on the field. It's not like Antonio Brown doesn't win deep balls either. Um, so that's one key matchup. One guy that I've been really excited about all cam, and I want to see how he plays in an, in, in, against NFL competition, is Matthew Thomas, the undrafted inside linebacker out of, out of Florida State. You know, everyone's talking about, oh, he had off-the-field problems and this, that, and the third. Guess what? This guy's physical. He's fast and he's looking sharp in camp. Um, he hasn't talked much, if at all, to anybody. Um, I think that the Steelers kind of want it that way. Just make sure that, you know, hey, keep the hush down. Um, let your let your pads do the talking for you. And I've seen this guy run with James Conner and Jesse James um, out in routes and blanket them, and do it in a way that linebackers you, you wouldn't expect a rookie linebacker just to simply drop back and be able to make that kind of a play. But that's something that he's been doing well. He fills the run well. Backs on backers, I don't think I've seen him lose a series in backs on backers. Um they'll like to when they when he goes in, they want to see him two or three times in a row to see what he's given them. Um and I I'd even give this guy the edge on making the team as an undrafted player. Um uh, we all know inside linebackers is going to be Vince Williams number one. John Bostic and Medikavich are going to be battling for the for the second spot. You think LJ Ford's going to be there because he's the veteran and he knows the defense enough and he's a, he's a good reserve guy. But I think they're going to ask for one more guy just in case someone gets hurt and they want a rotation of two inside linebackers to flow. And I think that one guy is going to be Matthew Thomas.
1: Okay, before you go on to anyone else, give me a comparison – I mean, I'm trying to picture Matthew Thomas. I I did, let me ask, I haven't watched his tape from Florida State or anything like that. But I've heard the speed, athleticism. Who are you comparing him to in the National Football League?
0: It'd be tough to compare him to a person um, because I can tell you his weakness. His weakness when I was, I watched a lot of tape at Florida State. And when he saw where he was supposed to go, he was there, he would lock it down, he would get the job done. But when, but too often he wouldn't recognize it and he' hesitate, and he wouldn't be able to jump to the ball. I guess I can't really think of a person that, that mixed those two skills off the top of my head, but if you could think of, an, of, a, of, a, of a linebacker that had all the skill that you wanted in a linebacker and but not any of the instincts, that's kind of mm-hmm. what you had in a Florida State version of Matthew Thomas. Now I, you know, you know, in seeing how he's doing with the Steelers, I think they're gambling. And there was rumors before he was, uh, before he was uh, picked up by the Steelers, was that a lot of that happened because I think his mother passed and other things was going were going on with him that caused him to lose focus on football. But now he's with the Steelers and they want him to just focus. And I think they're putting a huge emphasis on this guy. I'll tell you, Jerry Olszewski, the you know the former Steeler inside linebacker that's now their inside yeah. linebackers coach, when Matthew Thomas gets in back, backs on backers, he gets it. Excited. He just starts, you know, doing the old Ric Flair. Woo. And I mean, he, he, gets, he goes nuts. Uh, but it's, there's, a, I think there's a big reason to be excited about this guy. Uh, but he has to show the ability to process how an offensive line is progressing so he can stick to his gap and make that place. I've seen him do it in practice now. Now I want to see him do it against the, uh, other teams. And
1: let's see. Let me take a stab at a comparison. Um, the instincts I can't speak of. The athleticism – I don't think he's a Ryan Chazier athletic. What about yeah. a pre-knee injury Sean Spence? <laughs>
0: um, I'm so serious. I think, fa- I think he's faster and stronger than Sean Spence. Well, Sean Spence, when he was coming out of
1: college, was yeah. dynamic. Yeah. And then it's preseason and his rookie year, he tore up his knee and started the same. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you're, he's thinking, you're saying
1: he, he's faster than that.
0: Okay. before injury. I think he's faster than Sean Spence. Yeah, I'm not talking about Sean Spence
1: last year. I'm faster than Sean yeah. Spence last
0: year. Yeah, I'm year. talking about his, <laughs> his rookie year when we saw him coming out of Miami and everyone yeah. was like, oh, this guy could be the future. Uh, yeah. And it's just unfortunate for him. It just, it just, you know, it went a bad turn. But, no, I think he's faster than that. If I were to imagine a guy like LJ Fort's, I think, athleticism, but – or well, his L.J. Fort's ability to move in space because that's, that's what L.J. Fort's on the team for is his ability to move in space. But combine it with, I guess, the hitting power. Uh, it's just so tough to compare it to somebody. But imagine with a big hitter, make maybe a little bit of Vince Williams in there, and that yeah. how he uh, when he engages running backs, he's looking to blow them over. Um, and that's what and that's what he's been able to to get done now. I think that you know he's nowhere near Vince Williams' caliber of beating running backs yet. Because Vince Williams, I think he's elite when it comes to being an interior rusher, and getting one on one with the running back, as well as doing other things for the team. But right now, Matthew Thomas, his, his strengths would be his his athletic feats and his ability because he's also young and he's also pretty fresh in his in his legs. But let's see how that how that uh, how that goes when he has to face an offense. And I, I think this is a big feature of tomorrow night's matchup Jeff with the Eagles they run that run pass option their their whole goal is to slow down the defense and to confuse people and to force you to communicate more than that. if you don't communicate we're going to take advantage of you this is a great experimental playground for a lot of these young guys in this new Kevin uh, Keith Butler system because they're going to be communicating they're going to be flying and a lot of the stuff that they're trying this year especially that quarters package dollar package whatever people want to call it, is a been told it's three different things now uh but i think against all that this is a great place to play around with it and see how people are fitting in
1: yeah and you know that's what i hope fans realize for week one in the preseason is that it's it's a i hate the word dress rehearsal and that's always week three is when they use that term i think this is a great breeding ground for trying stuff, like you said, and seeing what players can do and what they can't do. It's a learning experience for a lot of players. you got to think how nervous some of these rookies are going on the NFL stage, even though it's a meaningless game. It's not meaningless for them. They still have to make the team. Now, Terrell Edmonds could probably rest easy knowing that he's safe, but Matthew Thomas and Joshua Frazier, seventh-round draft pick, Mm -hmm. and even Jalen Samuels, fifth-round pick, these guys got to show up. And if they yeah. have a really, really bad showing, it, it, you could just see it snowball. And it's happened before millions of times. We could talk about it as of examples. Let's go into the next segment, our last segment. Not a prediction of the score, because I don't care if they win or lose. Um, I ultimately, though, I want to ask you, how do you see – you've seen this team up close and personal at Latrobe, in Latrobe at St. Kitts college. You've seen the coaches interacting with the players. What would you expect from the Steelers on Thursday night when the lights are on – in Philly.
0: I think what you're going to see in the opening drive is you're going to see the Eagles really come out and execute on offense. I think they're going to put put up some points, maybe a field goal or a touchdown um, with their first team offense on the Steelers' new defense. And I think it's going to take time for that, this defensive idea they have to gel. There's going to be points where they, where they miss in communication because a lot of things they're trying to do aren't easy. You know, these are They're asking cornerbacks to play safety-like positions. They're asking safeties to jump down in the box more and there's going to be higher responsibility. Um, I think that Morgan Burnett will be fine covering the tight end for the Eagles. Um, but I think that he's, I think that everyone else, you know, it's going to be interesting. Sean Davis, he's going to be more of the, of the free safety they've been looking for in him. Um, Terrell Edmonds is going to be up at the line of scrimmage a lot as well. I think there's going to be some miscommunications there. However, I do, I also think that as the game rolls along and you start to get those second teamers with the Eagles, and I think you're going to see a lot of those younger guys, the Steelers, start to step up and make plays. I really think the Steelers are extremely deep in the secondary, which is so funny considering not too long ago that was considered the worst part of the team. But, I mean, when you're looking at your starters are Artie Burns and Joe Hayden, after that, you've you, you got Mike Hilton always in the slot. But you could put Cam Sutton, and they, they really like Brian Allen. Um, out on out there on the outside. You still got Cody Sensabaugh, who has NFL experience on all over all over the field. Um, they're extremely deep at this position, and I think they're very comfortable playing it that way. And especially with safety, you know, between Burnett, uh, Edmonds, and Davis, those are three guys that I think they're going to rely a lot on. And Nate Burley's a big hitter, the guy that they got from the Giants. Um, so I think that's going to that's going to give them an advantage in those when the second teams come up is that they have a lot of young speed also. Keep an eye on number 27, Marcus Allen of Penn State. He's going to be a lot in the box. He's a big hitter type. He's not a coverage guy as much, um, even though he's made some interceptions in training camp. I think that Marcus Allen is going to be a guy that wows some people and starts making people think, huh, maybe he can just play linebacker. I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to still be a safety. But he's going to be a guy that comes up, stuffs the run, make make some big hits on some backers. And that's going to get, I think, a few fans excited. So, my prediction starts going to be a little flimsy for the defense, but I think as the game rolls on, you're going to see them start to get more comfortable and more of those big moments happen.
1: I can see it now. The end of the world is coming as the Philadelphia Eagles go down the opening drive and score a touchdown. Now, lastly, before I let you go, um, I want you to plug the website. Before that, you, you're in training camp. And you're, yeah. you're behind the ropes. You told, you told a pretty cool story about Terrell Edmonds signing all those autographs earlier. Is there anything else that has stood out to you that's really not X's and O's, but about camp, whether it's the physicality, whether it's like watching backs on backers up close and personal, like it was something from training camp that was been like, man, that was awesome.
0: Mike Tomlin is really into being physical in this camp. I think he's wanted to be physical pretty much every year, but I think people have told him he should lay off. And I think now that, uh, and I only, I only say that because when he first joined the Steelers and he became head coach, um, all the players from Troy Polamalu to James Harrison to James Ferrier, they all said that, the, that, that he made training camp a lot more physical and a lot more straining because he was trying to prove it was his team or for whatever reason it was. But they saw that this man was, was made things a little more tough, and they thought at the end of the year that kind of wore them down. Now – Here's the thing: is that I think and he even admitted in 2008 he said he backed Mike comments that he backed off a little bit, and I think that now he's at the point where like, look, we're not tackling well enough. We got to make more plays, obviously, and we have to get out there. and we And I think that's what Mike comments out here doing. And you hear him whenever whenever a tackle is not made, he said, "Tackle the ball, let's go." He's he's really emphasizing the physical side of of this training camp, and he's pushing players. He's noting where a player's strength is. Matt Columbus was out in space covering J- James Conner on a passing route, and Conner beat him on a crossing route and scored a touchdown. And, uh, and, and, and Tomlin you know, Tom went right to him, and he said, you know that your job is to tackle the man and not try to play the ball. And Matt Golombos was playing the ball. Um, and uh, he's a linebacker out of pit. Another example, in the two-minute drill, Josh Dobbs um, would have scored a touchdown in his two-minute drill, but when he was in the red zone, um, he saw an opening, he started to scramble, and he had a clear pass to the end zone. Mike Tomlin immediately, whoop, blows the whistle, stops play. he said, Josh, I've already seen you run, I want to see you throw. And he makes him go back and start, and Dobbs was mad. He ended up, not, uh, he ended up not, not succeeding on fourth down and not scoring, so then he didn't get his points in the two-minute drill. And he went up to Tomlin right afterwards, and he said, what, what was that about? And he, say, he said, Josh, I know that you can beat people with your feet. I need you to know how to beat them with your arms. And he's challenging him right then. And he's like, he's saying, I don't want you to not use your feet. I want you to be able to use both. So Mike Tomlin is, I think he's done a really interesting job challenging players in their weaknesses that he's able to identify. And one, another, another example, I think this might strike a lot of Steelers fans a little bit more, but he has been adamant with James Conner to improve in blocking and to be more physical in, in, in the hole. And in backs on backers, when he, seems, when he sees three-o jump in there, he wants him three or four times going in there. He said, again, again. And when James Conner wins the battle, he gets excited. He says, "Woo!" and he high-fives him. And he lets him know, like, he wants this guy to come out. And even though he won't say, he'll say, look, I, I'm excited for anybody to get physical. I think he really wants to see James Conner develop into a consistent presence that can both win physical physical battles with the ball and without the ball. Because when that happens, that allows them to give Le'Veon Bell a little bit more of a breather in games. He can come off the field on a third down if necessary. And if Le'Veon Bell does get hurt or for whatever, whatever's going on with him, if he's not available, they know they have a guy that they can call on and he can play and not just, not just say, Hey, Stephen Ridley, we're going to need you to carry us for the rest of the season. So I think Tomlin's doing a big thing, a big job right now. He's picking at the players, you know, making sure he's taking note of their weaknesses and talking to them about them, and forcing them to adapt to their weaknesses so that they can become better players and fulfill their roles in his team.
1: Great insight, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, go ahead and plug the website in case people have not heard of it. And I will say again, someone that's a subscriber to the site, it's worth every penny. Go
0: ahead, Chris. I'll tell you what, uh, guys, you join D- DK Pittsburgh Sports. That's for Dan Kovacevic, DKPittsburghSports.com. Um, you can come and check out our stuff for free. We have, we have some free, free content. There's a little coffee mug there on the side that lets you know what's free and what's not. Um, if you see that coffee mug, you can read an article and see what it's like and see if you like the writers that we, that we have. We bring you a lot of content. We cover the Steelers. We cover the Pirates. We cover the Penguins. We cover Pitt. We cover Penn State. We cover West Virginia. Um, and we also, when there's big events, we keep, we keep notes note of all the local sports around here. Um, Dan Kvacevic, he's, uh, as the, uh, the savant that he is as far as writing and far as keeping up with Pittsburgh sports, there's very few voices in the world that can describe sports like him. Um, on my end, I work with Dale Lally, a great partner and a great mentor as far as how to work within the organization. He's been, he's been on the Steelers beat since 1992, since Bill Cowher joined the Steelers. And I've been working alongside him, learning every step of the way and how the organization works and which, which ways I can better get the information I need to convey. I, what I do is Chris Carter, I'm an NFL analyst. I write what's called Carter's Classroom, where I break down film for you. I explain what formations are, what techniques are, why, a team, why the Steelers won, why the Steelers lost, why this play, you should be excited about this player or what that, what that player might need to work on. Um, and we also were coming out with a new feature this year. So we're, we're still in this week, but it's going to be a new post-game feature with how I evaluate the Steelers after their games and, and, the, and the, uh, the different things that they did right and wrong to be a more uh, encapsulating picture for the fans to understand what went, what happened on Sunday, Monday, th- or, or Thursday, because Thursday night football is still a thing. Uh, but DK Pittsburgh sports, we we have we have all we have a, we're an app for your phone. You can try us from for a, for, a, for a trial month for 99 cents um, right now. We have a Steelers training camp special that goes until the end of training camp, which I believe is next week, y'all. So you better get on it. But 20 bucks you can get a year's worth subscription to DK Pittsburgh Sports. You'll get the best sports, sports coverage in the city. We got the Steelers, we got the Pirates, we got the Penguins. A lot of great stuff there. Come check us out.
1: Absolutely. Like I said, I highly recommend it. Chris and everyone else there does a great job covering the Steelers, uh, especially um, Dale Lolly. Very good. Beat writer. I would say he's one of my favorite of all of them. So with that said, Chris, I know you're busy, man. I appreciate you taking the time. I know our listeners and our viewers, they appreciate it. Along with DK Pittsburgh Sports, make sure you check out com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We don't charge anything. I'm just saying and make sure you go to, YouTube, go to the search and then to go to Steelers, BTSC Radio. Give us a, a subscribe, like, thumbs up, comment. We got a nice little community there. We appreciate it. So Chris, thanks for the time. We'll see you on Friday, Lance and I, unless he flakes out, we'll be there for the stand of the standard. Bye.
0: <laughs> Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart.